From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Wow, can you believe it, folks? It's the 23rd of December, it's Saturday, and I've been moved to a Saturday slot. Oh, the guys at TNT like me so much, they've given me a two-hour show. So here you all are. Now, there might be some of you out there who don't know who I am, because you're Saturday listeners, but all my Sunday mob, my fam, are going to be coming over. So let me just tell you who I am so you know. I am the natural nurse in a toxic world. I led a lot of the rallies. I was MC. I've had my house raided. I've been arrested. I've been charged. I'm now a criminal. I don't care. I also served the Nursing and Midwifery Council, notice of genocide, and they took my license. I also don't care. They were taken over by the government in 2001, and I don't really want to be on a cartel's register. (laughs) So there you are. That's who I am. It's hard to believe if you're looking at me, but I am 58 years old, and I'm a mum to four young adults. And you're going to hear me talking a lot about my two fur babies. Uh, They're my two rat dogs, my chihuahuas. And I've also got four cats. Um, I'm actually their staff. I I really just look after them and they parade around the house like kings and queens. Well, there's something else that's really important. 12 years ago, I had a baptism of fire into what is medicine when I was diagnosed with a very aggressive and deadly breast cancer. And three independent peer-reviewed studies said I had a 20% chance of surviving two years and zero surviving five. I had private health care. So three weeks after diagnosis, I went and I had a double mastectomy and a reconstruction straight away. These new Barbie boobs. And uh, for all you guys now that just spat your tea out, trust me, I even lost my nipples. I had reconstructed ones. You should see these. I've got a cut and shut body. I I struggle to keep my 58-year-old backside with squats looking like my 22-year-old breasts. Listen, we're all friends. I'm just telling you, right as it is, because I am a biological woman sitting on my biological vagina today, coming to you from TNT Radio Live. So I took in two books into the hospital. I took in Dr. Max Gerson's report of 50 cases, and I also took in the China study. On day two with five drains, I thought I have made a massive mistake and I decided I would go home. It wasn't the best choice at the time with five drains. Day nine, post-operative, I began the full Gerson therapy, 13 juices a day, fat-free, salt-free, sugar-free, vegan diet and five coffee enemas a day. Then I was allowed just 200 mils of fat-free yogurt. I did that for two years with four kids, young kids. And 90 miles a day to get them to school and back. I had to get up at quarter to five. Every hour I did a juice. I did that for two years. I did high dose B17 for two years. I did vitamin C high dose for two years. I did mistletoe injections for one year into my abdomen. 12 years ago, I declined personally. This is my story. I declined chemotherapy, radiotherapy, tamoxifen and Zolodex. My brother-in-law, who is one of Iran's top urologist, part owns the hospital in Tehran, said, drag her there. She's going to die within 18 months. My husband is an amazing scientist, ex-husband, I should say. He's got a new wife and a baby on the way. But he said, she's going to do this. He found the Gerson therapy. I'm alive and well and cancer-free today from avoiding what they told me to do. For me personally, I believe I shouldn't have done the surgery, but it's done now. So I make the best of everything. 
So I began reading all my ex-husband's books because I had a lot of time when I was doing five coffee enemas all day. Clockwork, juice enema, juice enema. You wouldn't believe what went on in my bathroom. Catastrophic disasters with coffee enemas and the cats. I had 12 cats at the time as well. I've managed to filter those down. Natural wastages have died. They're all buried in the garden. But I began to read and I I read the history of medicine, I read G. Edward Griffin's book, A World Without Cancer. I would advise everyone to get that. The story of B-17. I was recently flown to America by G. Edward Griffin, one of the men who I think is responsible for saving my life. And he contacted me and off I went to America to speak at the Red Pill Expo. These books that you can see behind me are all natural health and healing. I had to re-educate myself and I realized what I thought was medicine was not. And everybody, too long to talk about it, but you must educate yourself about what is Rockefeller allopathic medicine. Because that is why when the COVID hit, I was the first person out of the box in the UK. I was working on local radio as well as a health expert. And I talked about what was going on in Wuhan, February 2020. Then I talked about COVID. Then I talked about 5G, how very dare I. Well, the next thing I was kicked off. It had over 2 million views in a couple of days. I knew I was in big trouble. The guy I was on with also got the sack. I was taken up then by an American radio and people began to contact me and they were telling me, nurses, doctors, relatives, they were telling me about murder most horrid that was going on in our hospitals, our scare homes at the hands of the National Homicide Service. And people said, how how can this happen? Why are these nurses and doctors doing it? Well, you're going to find out today on the show with many of my guests, actually how this has come about. Now, I interviewed Ken McCarthy, and he is the author of a book called What the Nurses Saw in America. Go on to Amazon, buy that book. And if you know a nurse, give it to her. If you know a doctor, give it to them because the epicenter, ground zero, of where they began killing in America was in New York. And the way that they did it systematically is the same as the way they did it here. So in the UK, a guideline came down. There was a document written in 2016 called Exercise Sickness, penned by Jeremy Hunt. What to do in the UK in the event of an, a pandemic, really? a respiratory virus. And it actually says on page nine, they would sacrifice the elderly and the disabled. Well, what actually happened in Nazi Germany when the Nazis came in was they began by getting rid of disabled babies, then disabled toddlers, disabled children, disabled adolescents, disabled adults, and the elderly. They even guillotined them in the basements of the hospital, sorry, at the basements of the town halls. How did they do this? Well, what they first did was they got rid of all the nurses and doctors who objected. That's what they did. And the nurses and doctors that were then part of that kill machine were members of the Nazi party. Isn't that incredible? There's a document in Ken McCarthy's book called The Nazification of the NHS, written by Dr. Kevin Corbett. It's really worth a read. It's a sobering read. But it's the time of year, it's Christmas. But anyway, what happened when this pandemic started in the UK? Well, they started striking us off and getting rid of us and sacking us, any of us who dared to tell the truth. 
and to speak out, this is not right. This is not right. Well, we saw them telling everyone to wear a mouth gag. Wear a mask, wear a mask all day. I can see actually in my local shops, the visors are making a comeback. You know, that piece of plastic that the the virus limbos underneath, darts around. And, you know, the mask that people were making a comeback. We saw the nurses and doctors having to wear it. And then we saw them doing lockdown. Lockdown's a prison term. And all the nurses and doctors, we saw them in the hospitals. We were told the hospitals were full, full. People were dying everywhere with this respiratory virus because they'd done this preparedness document in 2016. They weren't full because we saw these nurses and doctors squeezed into scrubs, looking like well-stuffed Chesterfield couches, many of them really needing my services on how to lose weight, dancing on TikTok videos, great big routines. How did they get the time to practice if the hospitals were full and bulging? Because they weren't. It was a lie. So we get all of that over and done with. And then guess what happens? Everybody thinks we're going back to some normality. So they go, let's have an inquiry at taxpayers' expense. We'll call it the COVID inquiry. Well, in the UK, because I am coming to you today from the UK, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, we have panto season at Christmas, and it's where failing actors and ones whose careers are sort of going down the pan a bit, and they've not opened an account on OnlyFans, If you don't know what OnlyFans is, don't look. Uh, You've got to be young and tight and tall. And and what they do basically is they sell all orifices and make money when they're not making money anymore. Allegedly, not that I've got an account on there. No one wants a 58-year-old. Well, some of you do. But they have the British version of the pantomime at the moment. It's called the COVID inquiry. And uh, normally, panto season, somebody comes on stage that's a bloke dressed as a woman, like Widow Twanky, and we all go, boo, when the baddies come up. And then we have to look under our chair and we have to shout, it's behind you. And we chow down on popcorn. This is the COVID inquiry. So we have uh, Boris Johnson, who's never brushed his hair, who's got a I think he's got about seven baby mamas, hasn't he? And loads of kids everywhere. And we've seen Matt Hancock, affectionately known as Medazolam Matt, who ordered 9.9 million milligrams of Medazolam that was used in, should have been used in two years, used in nine months. (laughs) All our elderly were uh, effectively put down with five to seven times the dose. And then we see lots of other people. It's very interesting. So let's bring on my first guest, Dr. Niall McRae, who is very accomplished. I'm actually not worthy. Uh, That's why he's got a doctorate. He has a doctorate. Just so you don't know, or just in case you don't know, doctors, you all call them doctor because you idolize them. They do not have a PhD. It's an honorary title. They've just gone to university and done their medical degree. That's all it is. I've seen them in A&E. Trust me, you need... You need really experienced nurses when that lot can step on the floor and it's their first day. God help you. It's it's an honorary title and you're calling them doctor. Well, Dr. Neil McRae has a doctorate. Dr. McRae, welcome again to TNT Radio, where it all happens. But uh, we both know about this COVID inquiry that's going on, don't we? And uh, it's a panto, isn't it? It's just a joke to keep the masses looking to the left while they shaft us up the rear end to the right. Can you tell us what's going on? Uh, Yes, well, I think there's two 
important things that you need to know about the UK COVID inquiry. And I'm sure that most countries will be putting on some kind of theatre like this. In the UK, it is uh, very clearly a staged, choreographed uh, production. Um, and the purpose, of course, is not really to uh, uh, investigate what happened and what went wrong and the, you know, the, 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 we could say the crimes against humanity that were uh, committed over the last three years, but it's to reinforce the narrative. So this, this is the first point, that it's a stage show and it's to find fault with political leaders. In, in, in this country, we had the, uh, the prime minister at the time was Boris Johnson, and it was to justify a handover of control from democratically elected leaders to uh, so-called experts, um, while suggesting that lives would have been saved if interventions had been done earlier and better. Lockdown. May, may, I, may I just ask you something there? When we talk mm. about lives being saved, um, isn't it interesting, actually, that that pandemic only man managed to manoeuvre itself under the doors and through the gaps in the window seals of nursing homes and that most of the deaths were of our elderly in nursing homes with the odd ones executed at home. And um, but it didn't seem to negotiate its way onto the streets and to the pubs and the football matches or indeed the royal family, even though we saw Kate Middleton out. Isn't it interesting that that inquiry is that it only seemed to kill the nursing home people? Yes. And looking back to 2020 with the initial so-called outbreak of this so-called pandemic, uh, when people were starting to wear masks, so even before it was made mandatory in certain settings in the UK, uh, it, it, people were doing not just the social distancing of, of um, stepping onto the road as you passed them on the pavement, but often people were wearing masks even before they were told that they should be wearing them. And what was very interesting, I thought, as, as a sign, it's something I used to say to people as evidence that this is not right, what, what we're being told, is that if there was really a dangerous, uh, contagious disease um, for, for, for which we had to do all these um, interventions, uh, the masking, social distancing and so on, why was it that discarded masks that were strewn all over the pavements, why were they not seen as a biohazard? There was nothing about that at all, uh, was there? But but uh, no, abso absolutely the... not. And I saw the I actually saw a doctor in the supermarket in her dirty, filthy scrubs with a pizza under one arm and a bottle of wine under the other. And of course, this virus stuck to worktops and her scrubs and she was shopping. You wouldn't see her shopping at the moment, though, because all the doctors are on strike uh, for more cash. Uh, that there isn't in the pot. And, uh, but anyway, yes, how bizarre that we didn't see all these minions running around in hazmat suits. No, we were expected to believe that a pair of marigolds, a snorkel, I saw a man at my supermarket in a snorkel, uh, were going to protect us. Was it yes, really uh, a virus of the frontal lobe? Were people just mental? 
Yes, I, I think so. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Matthias Desmet's uh, mass formation um, theory, I think, uh, applies here. I think that the, the gullible masses <coughs> were easily led into believing that there was a, you know, a, a dangerous pandemic uh, that required unprecedented, radical, draconian curbs on our uh, way, way of living. And, and, and this is what this stage show is about. It's about um, maintaining and bolstering the narrative that when there is a pandemic, and sure, surely there will be another one along soon, is that we need to accept that lockdowns, masks, vaccines, um, vaccine segregation and vaccine passports, all of these things are not not just um, desirable, they're, they're essential and we need to get used to that. But the second thing I'd like to say about the um, COVID inquiry in the UK, Kate, is that it, it, it's, it's, and this is something that we're not very good, but ordinary people are, are not very good at this way of thinking. But if you really want to know what's going on with an inquiry or indeed a, a, an official report or or any any document any research you need to be thinking about what's missing not just what's there not just critiquing what's there but what's missing and that's often yeah. most important and if you look at crimes against uh, uh, humanity often the worst crimes are not crimes of commission but crimes of omission and absolutely and uh, uh, dr mccray just hold that there, because this is a very important, pivotal point. Um, you are listening to TNT Radio, and we do rely on all our sponsors. So let's hear a quick word from them. Don't go away, because this is riveting info from me and Dr. McRae. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today. News Talk, TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I am Kate Shimarani, the natural nurse in a toxic world. You can email me, Kate Shimarani, at tntradio.live. 
and tell me your medical crimes in tyrannical times. I have taken so many testimonies from nurses. One student nurse who did her very first year of nursing in 2020, she has left nursing now and is having therapy for severe PTSD. She was in a urology ward. I know this young nurse from when she was a little girl. I know the entire family. She told me that she wasn't allowed to give the patients anything to drink, even if they begged. They were left in their feces and urine, the elderly crying, and the nursing sister would click her fingers to get this student out of the room. And they were given very large doses of benzodiazepines and opioids. This happened all over the Western world. I've taken so many testimonies from nurses and it's truly horrific. And I've listened to undertakers telling me that they always knew when the patients had been given remdesivir because the body bags were sloshing. You must be thinking, oh my word, what am I listening to on a Saturday morning? You're listening to truth. Can you handle the truth? Because the truth will set you free. Now, the gentleman I have on with me is Dr. Neil McRae, and I'm just going to let you in, actually. I was out partying with him the other night, and we were doing a Congo round a conservative club. <laughs> and it was full of freedom fighters. And I was one of the youngest. Yes, I was there, one of the youngest. So we did a Congo with 70-year-olds in Christmas sweaters and Elvis wigs, because even though I'm telling you the horrors of what is going on, Life is to be enjoyed, not endured. They want you terrified, terrified that there is a pandemic. We saw Tedros, the terrorist. Yes, the head of the World Health Organization once wanted for crimes against his own people. He was on a most wanted terrorist list. Now he's sitting there telling us that he knows better than all of us. And our country has signed up to the pandemic treaty. What does that mean? Listen, suckers, we're all in this together. It means they're going to come again with another pandemic, scandemic. But we're not falling for it, are we? No, we're not falling for it. If you want to email me, remember, Kate Shimrani at tntradio.live. Big hello to all you nurses out there that are following me worldwide. You are the best. To all you nurses that have gone along with it, you are complicit in crimes against humanity. Many of you are complicit in murder. Big raspberry, but let me tell you, 900 pages at the medical trials at Nuremberg, eight tons of evidence. When you go and read them from the nurses, I was just doing my job. I didn't want to upset my boss um, and a family to feed. What did they get jailed for, jailed for life for and hanged for? Yes, many of the nurses were hanged. And let me tell you, under the Rome Statute, the penalty for genocide hasn't changed. It still had death by hanging. Giving experimental vaccines, starving the patients, letting them die from exposure and giving them a cocktail of drugs to hasten their deaths. That's what they were on trial for. Is it sounding familiar? You want to really start listening to what we're saying here and you need to get on the right side of history. Dr. McRae. So everybody knows that we were out partying and congoing together. I don't drink, you do, but I'm going to let you off with that one. Um, Dr. McCray, just before we get in, who are you? How did you get into being out there with your signs at the rallies, speaking in Trafalgar Square and being an expert on everything that's going on? And in the background, I can see net zero eugenics. How did you get into this? Who are you? 
Well, I'm a psychiatric nurse by training. I'm still on the, the, the register. And I became a, a mental health uh, lecturer. I was a senior lecturer at King's College London for many years. And I was in this, um, what should have been uh, a hub of critical thinking. And I, I was quite disillusioned by just how conformist um, the whole academic environment is. And even though we took in some of the best students being a prestigious uh, university in the UK, uh, one of the leading universities in the world, actually, um, the students, even though they were very sort of the top educational attainments, they didn't want to know anything about the, 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 the this heritage we have in mental health of the anti-psychiatry movement. They didn't want to know about R.D. Lang, about Thomas Satz, about um, uh, Rosenham, all of the um, flaws with the whole um, system of psychiatric diagnosis, all of the harms caused by psychotropic medication. They didn't really want to know that. They just wanted to know pathways clinical pathways. They just wanted to know what you do in X or Y situation. So it's very sort of instrumentalist approach. And, and I found that quite um, disillusioning really, because it was almost like they wanted to strip the human side out of dealing with patients and just sort of um, take a kind of throughput approach, a throughput approach to patients but also a throughput approach to developing their their careers. And uh, yeah, so I, I found that quite um, frustrating. Meanwhile, I was writing for various socio-political um, websites, and I started putting more and more energy away from doing academic research to into doing um, uh, social commentary. And um, now I have left the academic environment and I'm an officer of the Workers of England Trade Union. And I left um, just at the right time, just when COVID struck and I was, I've been representing members who are on the wrong side of the COVID regime, you know, refusing to wear a mask, refusing to take these PCR tests. And uh, we had a, a surge in membership because of the healthcare uh, mandates around a uh, no jab, no job. But uh, to answer your question in one line, um, Kate, I, I, I guess I'm a critical thinker in a world that is largely devoid of critical thinking, like yourself. How dare you? You can't think. This is the National Homicide Service. You, uh, you've got to just do as you're told. It's interesting that you say that because when we looked at what was happening, which is now coming, they're not talking about it at the COVID inquiry, which we're going to get back onto. Yeah. One of the first things that they did with psychiatry is um, normally it would be three psychiatrists that would section you under the Mental Health Act to be detained. But with the pandemic, it became one doctor not three psychiatrists. You weren't to be assessed at six weeks, which you normally would. And you had no rights to object to the medication they wanted to give you. And in 2019, there were 16,000 objections and 9,000 were upheld. But now you weren't allowed. So when you have one doctor saying, we're going to section them under the Man Mental Health Act. Guess when else they did that? They did that in 1933 in Nazi Germany. And it's used as a tool to remove people who are 
trouble causes, trouble causes and out of the way to get them into mental health institutions where they can mandate whatever major tranquilizer, legactyl, clopixel uh, is what they used to use back in the day when I was there. And there was another hideous drug that they had to give through a glass syringe. Um, uh, but it, back in the day before that, they used to put you in a straitjacket and sit you in the corner. Uh, but anyway, yes, Dr. McRae, over to you. So tell us something about that, because I can see you want to uh, and yes, then get right uh, back into the COVID inquiry. What, what we've got to remember about mental health is that madness is relative. It's relative to the society that you're in and the societal norms that you're immersed in. So you rightly say that during the, the pseudo pandemic, um, people were being, uh, who, who were, uh, you know, resisting the regime, were being treated um, and, and punished really um, as though they were um, mentally disturbed. And actually by the relativist standards of, of madness, um, th that is c correct because you're mad, not because you have some pathological thing going on with your uh, neurotransmitters or something going on in your, in your gray matter. Madness, the, the real definition of madness is a social definition that you're going against the norms of society and therefore you appear to be irrational, irrational and dangerous. And that's what people were being uh, certified as insane for during um, during COVID-19. So I think that's a really important point that you're raising here, um, Kate, is that the psychiatric system has and always will be used by totalitarian regimes because all you need to do as a totalitarian is show that the person that you want to lock up is somebody who isn't going along with what is presented as the, the rational truth, when in fact, of course, we know it's, an, as critical thinkers, we know it, it's irrational and it's not the truth. But that, that, that's all totalitarians need to do. It was done in the Soviet Union, where, you know, tens of thousands of um, critical thinkers were sent to the gulag. It, it's something that has and always will be done by authoritarian regimes. Wow. Well, I was known as the most dangerous woman in Britain all over the media. <laughs> Uh, they put me in the newspapers. They used my own son. They had me on the TV every hour on the hour. And the most uh, the most comments that most people said was her roots need doing. Uh, yes, they actually commented on my dark roots. I was blonde once. But the point is, I, I had people saying that they said I was mental. And they also said even the truth seekers uh, actually talked about me being mental because in 2020, the 29th of August, down the microphone in Trafalgar Square to 40,000 people, I did say these vaccines that they're going to come with are going to have the ability to change your DNA. Isn't it interesting, folks, yet again, and I don't like to be right, COVID vaccines integrate with the human DNA, a peer-reviewed study confirms. I don't like to be right. Actually, my maiden name was right, so I'm lying. I do like to be right. All women are right. Listen, fellas, just accept it. Even when you, you know, you're wrong, 
or when you're right, your missus is always right. So you just got to zip it because at this time of year, divorce goes up by 30% and four million pounds is spent on mince pies in the UK. So shove a mince pie in your gob and accept that your missus is always correct and you'll have a happy wife, happy life. Anyway, let's get back to the real nutters who are in those big buildings that look quite fancy pants in London called Parliament. And they're now running this COVID inquiry, which is is preposterous, isn't it? And you mentioned just before the break what they are not talking about. What are they not talking about? Yes, well, they're not talking about all the things that um, they need to be talking about if this was to be a, a genuine attempt to investigate what went on uh, with COVID-19. Um, and, a, and a very good example of omission in this uh, inquiry is the, the work of frontline um, practitioners um, known as undertakers or um, funeral directors. The people actually deal with the, the dead bodies. Now, it, who, chooses that as a who chooses that as a job? Who says yeah. when they're leaving school, what do you want to be? I want to be a soldier. I want to be a sailor. I want to be a spy. I want to wash dead bodies, lay them out and dress them and put makeup on them. And then I want to put them in a wooden box and I want to walk behind the car. <laughs> Maybe they're nutters. I don't know. I've, I've never had any dealings with any undertakers until COVID-1984. And then I began to meet undertakers. And all I'm going to tell you is they're quite a fabulous bunch. They're quite interesting and they have the darkest of black humour. But anyway, tell us what the undertakers well, saw. They're, 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 they're dealing with a very necessary um, human function. Uh, uh, death is part of life, if you like. And I remember when I first went to work in a, uh, an old folks home when I was um, 16 years old as a summer job and I was... Um, you know, um, uh, cleaning um, um, feces uh, and, and doing some really, you know, quite what I thought at the time disturbing. disgusting kind of work. But you get you get to like doing it because you appreciate that you're doing a very useful human function. You're you're taking part in um, helping. Um, your your fellow human beings and and I guess that um, undertakers is not a job that I would have wanted to do I don't think but then I wouldn't have wanted to be a, a referee in a football match either but some people are right well, not for at the that moment because they're all dropping dead on the pitch <laughs> they're all having heart attacks on the pitch we keep seeing it who wants to be a referee you didn't sign up for doing cardiopulmonary resuscitation on the the <laughs> left winger and and this is black humour but we've all seen it. Yes, both you and I, Kate, are acquainted with a chap called John O'Looney, who's actually become internationally uh, famous, at least in the freedom movement. Uh, he's an undertaker in Buckinghamshire in England. And he uh, observed back in um, spring 2020, an in initial COVID-19 outbreak, that despite all this scare stories that were being presented on the news every night and those daily press conferences with Boris Johnson and the 
government's medical and scientific advisors. Um, <clears throat> and, and these death figures, every day we were told how many more people had died of COVID. And John O'Looney just wasn't seeing it. He wasn't seeing this surge in, in deaths. He did, however, see that there were more people dying in care homes, far more than usual. And the, the reason for that was quite obvious to him. It was that they'd um, kicked all the older patients out of hospital. Now, 90,000 of them. 90,000 yeah. were moved from the hospitals into the care homes. Yeah. And they were given £3,300 extra per patient, the care homes, to take them, and a one-off payment. So suddenly the cattle trucks became a very lucrative business with 90,000 oldies coming with a one-off payment as well, which we don't know. And then all of a sudden, huge amounts of, of drugs yes. were used. Well, these older people were sacrificed so that the government could get the death statistics that it needed to scare the people. Now, remember that it's not, it's certainly in, in the southeast of England, where there's a lot of pressure on hospitals, you have to be quite sick to get a hospital bed nowadays. And so these older patients that were in those hospitals were there because they were ill, because they needed treatment, life-saving treatment. And they were kicked out to clear the hospitals. And hospitals were not full of COVID patients. We know that now. And, uh, you know, you take the work of Debbie Hicks, for example, one of the uh, freedom campaigner in the UK who actually went into her local hospital and, and, and you know, found clear evidence that the hospital was largely empty, that wards and outpatient departments were closed. But they kicked the older people out of hospital, put them in care homes. Now, what the COVID inquiry, it is actually touching on this topic about the, the high level of death in older people during um, that initial outbreak. And, and the, the official story that they want people to believe is that the thing that they did wrong was that they sent these patients out of hospital without properly testing them and therefore there was a lot of cross-infection. These patients took COVID out into the care homes. And oh, my word. Dr. McRae, Dr. McRae, we're just going to have a word from our sponsors again. But we are talking here, folks, about a virus that was never, ever isolated. Actually, you can't catch a virus. It's all been a lie to sell you vaccines. And the germ theory is exactly that. It's a theory. And Debbie Hicks, who we mentioned there, who just went in and filmed an empty hospital, had to get arrested, her house raided, and stood in a court of law defending herself for doing what? Sharing the truth. But of course, we're all nutters. We're talking COVID inquiry. Join us in two minutes back on TNT Radio Live. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. If by some unimaginable impossibility, you're still trying to determine whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, ask yourself the following questions. Did you favor the Baphomet statue being erected at the Iowa State Capitol? Did you enjoy the school board swearing in on a stack of child pornography books? Do you find nothing objectionable about a homosexual sex tape being recorded in a Senate hearing room and posted online? And finally, 
Did you just love the transgender nutcracker down a hallway hideously decorated by Dr. Jill Biden for Christmas at the White House? If the answer to one or more of these questions is yes, you might be a Democrat. In fact, you're definitely a Democrat. As for the rest of us, if you doubted that, in the words of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this next election is the choice between normal and crazy, wonder no more. Last week said it all. From aginstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Right, I've got cancer. I've been trying to tell the rest of you, but no one's listening. And I don't just mean you, ears, eyes. Would you look in the damn toilet for once? Hands, roll those sleeves and take a sample. And legs, trot off to the doctor to get me looked at. Because bowel cancer can be successfully treated when detected early. Now look who's finally woken up. A natural nurse in a toxic world. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I am Kate Shimarani, natural nurse in a toxic world, and you're listening to TNT Radio Live. And I don't know where you're shopping, but you better be on the website because we've got puffer jackets, we've got socks, we've got everything, and it's what keeps us all going. And if you want to tell me your medical crimes in tyrannical times, Kate Shimarani at tntradio.live, if you just want consultations, because I am fabulous at what I do. It's naturalnurse at mail.com. Well, I'm just going to talk about here something, what John Alooney, the undertaker, isn't that the most fabulous name for an undertaker? Alooney? Oh, Looney. We're talking about nutters because we're talking about the government. And, and if you just was listening to one of the breaks there, don't forget, there was somebody virtually with an orange in his mouth bent over in some government building doing something really naughty. Um, I, you know, I'm finding it all. It really is mental out there. And the only place where it's not mental is here at TNT Radio. So John Looney, the undertaker with the best name in the world, he said this. This is when he went to collect the bodies. Some of these people I was collecting were still very warm because it was in attendance of them very, I was in attendance of them very quickly because doctors were authorizing us to attend over the phone. So I was on the scene within minutes of their deaths in some cases. Isn't that interesting? I was also told by other undertakers, they were told, don't go yet because there's another one in room five that's going to be dead in a minute. How would they know that? I'll tell you how they knew it. I'll tell you how they knew it for you nurses out there. You, nothing more than assassins carrying out prescriptions by pimps working for a cartel called the National Homicide Service. You knew that they were going to die because you were giving them five to seven times the doses of a benzodiazepine mixed with an opioid. And you don't know how that drug worked. You just followed a guideline. Well, guess what? When you stand in a court of law, that 
Nursing Midwifery Council, the Royal College of Nursing, the National Homicide Service ain't going to be standing behind you. You're going to be looking at the back of their heads as they run out, run out the door. You're going to be in there on your own trying to justify why you did what you did and gave what you gave. Take a good long read of your Nursing and Midwifery Code of Conduct because it tells you in that that you are meant to keep to the laws of the land in which you practice. Euthanasia is illegal in the UK. Therefore, to hasten a death is murder. And you doctors, the GMC, tells you down there the same thing. You can override this. So if you're following government guidelines because you want to pay your mortgage, you're going to have to get what's coming. Dr. McRae, get into it. The show is yours to the top of the hour. Tell us about what they saw and what the COVID inquiry is trying to... It is really just a pantomime. It's a joke. Boris Johnson's WhatsApp messages have all disappeared. That was our prime minister, wasn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know where my WhatsApp messages went. Uh, thousands of them just disappeared, even though the police can retrieve those from the company at any time if you're under investigation. But no, his have disappeared. Yes, well... There are two ways in which they got the the deaths up in spring 2020. And one of them was that they, as you've been mentioning, Kate, is that they used midazolam and they used remdesivir, uh, drugs that were basically used. And I, and I would you know, step out and say this. I think these drugs were used to kill people off. They also used ventilators, which was uh, completely inappropriate in probably 90% of, of, of cases. And, uh, you know, a, a very high proportion of uh, those that went on, the vast majority of people who put on ventilators um, uh, never came off them. They died on those machines that they should never have been put on. So they, they did actually get an increase in deaths and they moved all of those sick elderly patients out of hospital into care homes. But there wasn't a really massive increase overall in mortality. I mean, if you look at the statistics for 2020, there's, I think most countries show an increase of around 10%. So that's a lot of people. It's, it's still significant. I'm not um, trivializing that, that number but it's not really a massive cull by itself. So the other thing that they did with COVID to get the deaths up, and John O'Looney, the undertaker, um, explained this, was how they ensured that almost any death was being recorded as COVID. Now, I have came to believe quite early on in this um, scamdemic that the whole uh notion of covid 19 uh was a hoax it was just um, fraudulent uh testing um, the virus as you mentioned kate has never been isolated um so most of the people who died of uh covid would be elderly people who actually died of the the things that they usually died of um particularly pneumococcal pneumonia uh, but what John O'Looney said that um, early on in the pseudo pandemic, he was contacted by a man from a government sponsored uh, body called Pandemic Resilience. And 
um, John found that this that he was being steered and that the, the system was being steered into classifying as many deaths as possible as COVID-19. And uh, almost any symptom could be used as uh, an indicator of uh, COVID-19. But as I say, there wasn't a m massive increase in deaths overall uh, uh, in 2020. The data proved that. The deaths, however, did start to genuinely rise from early 2021 onwards. Now, why on earth would that be? You know, oh, it wouldn't be that. Oh, would it be that untested, unlicensed, uninsured, <laughs> experimental bioweapon that the nurses, listen, if you've not been listening to me, you nurses in Nottingham, midwives, they didn't want to inject their own children because they knew it was so dangerous, but they went and worked okay. at the COVID injection clinics to get money together for Christmas. Can you believe that? I know you're all you're all thinking, this can't, this can't be right what she's saying. I do not lie. I bring you the truth. Can you handle the truth? Absolutely. And, and we've just talked about that, haven't we? I think, how many is it? FIFA footballers that have dropped dead on the pitch? Is it over 1,200? And then also you've got all the sports people, sudden deaths. I worked in the largest AD in Europe, Queen's Medical Centre in Nottingham, for five years. I didn't see a single sudden adult death syndrome, personally. I didn't see it. And uh, I never saw in my entire nursing career, which I think is, oh, what is it, 39 years? I began my nursing in 1984. I remember one little girl on the community that was a cardiac arrest, um, as a little girl, and I met her later. I saw an Amy that I met her later when I was on the community. It's not normal for children to suddenly cardiac arrest, and yet we've got these defibrillators everywhere on the in the towns. I've now seen that we've also got these, um, I can't remember what they're called, but basically it's a box in case she's stabbed. They've got these in the city centres, stab boxes, bleed out boxes. I don't know. I mean, I'm going a bit mental now because one of the things that was in the press the other day that was over Christmas, you've got to be careful about um, uh, becoming a victim of a broken penis. Uh, yeah, I did say that. Apparently you can fracture your penis. Uh, anyway, but that's not so far. That's not being put down as COVID, but I'm sure very soon a fractured penis will because of your it'll be because of your COVID. Yeah, these vaccines, these bioweapons. Now, remember, those at the COVID inquiry, Bojo and co, Boris Johnson and co, said they do not stop transmission. I'm not sure of transmission of what? Transmission of BS. And they um, they don't stimulate an immune response. So why were you all running out to get one? So you could go to football or go on your your jollies, go on your holidays. We had, was it poor old Esther Ransom saying, you know, she wanted us all basically put in the virtual gulag. She wanted us completely extricated from society if we didn't take these vaccines. That lady now has cancer. Uh, we had Edwina Curry, an ex-politician, who said, I don't want to stand next to these people at the theatre bar or sit next to these people in the theatre. Listen, love, the rest of us couldn't afford to go to the theatre or go to the theatre bar because we were all skint because we lost our jobs because we didn't want to take that bioweapon. Anyway, as I understand it, an untimely end has happened to her as well. So we are seeing 
massive amounts of deaths, miscarriages, stillbirths. John Alooney told me about the amount of babies that they have stopped the undertakers being made aware of, and the hospitals have done deals directly with the crematoriums for the babies so that the undertakers aren't talking about it. This is how many babies are being miscarried. Isn't that right, Dr. McRae? So what are they talking about? What are they, what, what is this COVID inquiry about? What is it doing, apart from using taxpayers' cash? Well, John Alooney has written to the, the dame who is chairing the COVID inquiry, um, pointing out all of the things that he's seen in his practice as a funeral director, which are not being considered at all. And John O'Looney sort of um, came into sort of international fame with his, he, I think he was the first to um, come out publicly with his observation that in post-mortems he was finding long white rubbery strings sort of fibrous matter in uh, the arteries and veins something that he'd never seen before and this was going alongside the uh the big increase in deaths from um thrombosis from uh, myocarditis um, a surge in cardiovascular uh, mortality after these um, vaccines came out. And an another observation of uh, John Looney's was that this was very closely uh, correlated with the phased introduction of the vaccine. So in most countries, and certainly in the UK, um, the elderly was seen as a priority group. So they got the vaccines first, Two months later, it was then people aged 50 upwards and then gradually 40 upwards and eventually down to um, um, uh, school children. So he saw that the, these cardiac um, deaths and, and, and cardiac illnesses were um, increasing around the time after each age band was introduced to the experimental So, so can I ask? Vaccine. Can I ask? So have they had John and Looney at the COVID inquiry? Uh, obviously not. They, they, they will not include anyone who is a critical thinker, who is a skeptic about uh, COVID. And if you look at the treatment given to uh, Professor Carl Hennigan, who is a, 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 a noted um, expert in uh, infectious diseases at Oxford University and and Carl Hennigan has just offered over the last three years some some mild corrective to the um, to 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 the to the COVID regime and and the unnecessary uh, interventions and he was treated as if he was some kind of crank and this this man before COVID was seen as a internationally renowned expert. So they certainly won't have um, someone like John O'Looney. And, and I think the biggest omission of all, Kate, is something that they will not go anywhere near. And that is whether COVID-19 really existed. The, the very validity of this so-called uh, viral contagion.
And when I hear people in the street, Kate, people in cafes and supermarket queues, they, they talk about the, the pandemic. You know, it's been cemented into their life story as something major that happened over a three-year period in their lives. And there's a sort of before and after the pandemic uh, kind of mentality, isn't there? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it is. It's like before Christ and after Christ, Dr. McRae, we're out of time. You are listening to TNT Radio Live. We wish you the most wonderful Christmas. So basically, the COVID pandemic inquiry is nothing more than the pantomime you'll be seeing lots more of dr mccray and i'm back right after this <laughs>